Open your copy of God's Word to Romans chapter 12. Continuing our study of this book, this morning we come to verses 3 through 8. To preach to you week to week, to speak to you, to teach you week to week, I have to use a measure of grace that has been given to me to speak and teach to you. Hear God's Word, Romans 12, verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to every one among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, all the members do not have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. All right, there's a list of spiritual gifts in this section. A lot of people are confused about it, and some are very controversial, and you could spend a lot of time on that. I'm not going to. Um, I want to keep it as simple as God keeps it. I think sometimes we get really complicated here, and people say, I'm not really sure about how to do this whole spiritual gift thing or what my spiritual gift is and what I'm supposed to do with it. My goal is before you leave out of here, you will be able to discern your spiritual gift and know what you need to do. And you don't have to take another class or pay for anything else. Whatever you paid to get in here, it's going to be worth it, okay? You're going to get the full enchilada this morning, all that you need to know about spiritual gifts. First of all, realize there's a division of gifts. Verse 3, through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you. So talking about all the believers there at Rome. Um, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, but to think so as to have sound judgment. Just think about this rightly. God has allotted to each. So if you're a believer in this room, you have been allotted a spiritual gift. It's been given to you by God. Some of us have more than one gift. It's been allotted to you by God. God's in charge. Each a measure of faith. Just as we're all members, we all have different gifts. The end of verse 4. We don't have the same function. Many members, different individuals, different gifts, different functions... And when we start talk, talking about the different gifts and different functions, well, people say, which one's the most important? I'm more important than you, you're more important than me, whatever. He deals with that on the front end. It's kind of to me like looking at an ice cream sundae and saying the cherry is the most important part. Some people, yep, that's right. Don't take my cherry. Other people, no, 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 it's not the cherry, it's the syrup. You know, you've got to drizzle the right chocolate and caramel syrup, then that makes it. Or, no, it's not the syrup at all, it's the nuts. Love me some pecans, right? 
put those on there. No, it's not the pecans. It's the ice cream. And the answer is, it's all of it. It's not a Sunday. Without all of the ingredients, we all have different functions, different parts. We make up one family of God. And we're not to argue about the different functions, different parts. We're all one. And it starts with this interesting verse. Like I said, this is worth it right here. Verse 3. I say, each one of you has been given a gift. I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself. Just stop right there. Think about that a minute. If you were to go to a guidance counselor today, if you were to go to a counselor your parents sent you to, and then the parents meet with this counselor, 90% of the time, what does the counselor say? Well, you know, your kid's suffering from low self-esteem, right? All these people in the world full of depression today, suffering from low self-esteem. One out of four preachers are depressed today and suffering, according to psychiatrists, from low self-esteem. God says that's not the problem. God says the problem is you think too highly of yourself. The problem is not that you think too lowly of yourself. You think too much of self. One more selfie, please. We want more of self, not less of self. The problem is we think too highly of ourselves and we try to get people to think higher of themselves and create an identity that makes them think higher of themselves. And God says, no, I want you to think low of yourself. I want you to think realistically of yourself, that you are one individual, part of one big body. You have at least one gift that's necessary for the rest of the body. And you didn't earn it. It was allotted to you. It was sovereignly dispensed to you. You didn't do something to get it. That's how I want you to think of yourself. And Paul says, even my ability to preach and teach was given me. I didn't create this. I didn't earn this. It was something God did. Now, think about it a little bit further. Think of the significance of this. I have been given a particular gift from God. If you're a believer, say that, turn say that to your neighbor. I have been given a particular gift by God. Just say it. I have been given a particular gift by God. See, that's awesome to hear yourself say that. It's awesome to start thinking that. I have been particularly gifted by God. Why? Turn to Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. It's just simpler here. It's in Romans. It's simpler here. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. I want to add to that statement we just made. Ephesians 4, 15 says, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom... The whole body, that's all of us believers, being fitted. So you were fitted for your gift. 
It fits you. And we are held together by what every joint, so now he's calling you a joint, okay? What every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. Now you're an individual part that works. And what do you work to do? Causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. I am particularly gifted by God to build up the church. You are particularly gifted by God to build up the church. You have a part. You have been allotted a gift. You have been granted a measure of faith. You are a joint in the body. And that joint is necessary for the body to function properly. Now, say to your neighbor again, let's try this. I'm going to take, add one more phrase. I have been particularly gifted by God to build up His church. Can you remember that? Let's say it with me. I have been particularly gifted by God to build up His church. That's significant. Whoa. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Let me show you how to fix that. If you got a self problem, the problem is you're thinking too much of self. The solution is to think more of church. How many of you have been focused on building up the church, not building up the self? I don't want you to think more highly of self. I want you to use this particular gift that came out of heaven, given to you to build up my church. Christ says, I came, Matthew 16, 18, to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm going to gift every member of my church to build my church. I have something to do on earth before I die, something of eternal value, something that goes into heaven with me, something that something is building the eternal, beautiful, wonderful bride of Christ. I have come to use the measure of grace given to me to build God's church. You don't get this in school, friends. You don't get it many places, which is why we have people who are walking about feeling as though they have no significance, no eternal purpose, no direction. And yet we are the people on this planet who have been particularly gifted by God to build what is most precious to Him. He laid down His life for the church. He said, I'm going to entrust her to you. Use the gifts that I've given you to build her up. Now, let's put it all into perspective. Let me work through them for you. You see, the responsibility to not think of ourselves, to think of the church Verse 4, just as we've been many members, one body, 
all the members should be doing this. Verse 6 says, we've been given gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Um, then he gives a list, prophecy, service, teaching, and expands upon that. I want to do that for you too. Some people say, well, what's the difference between a gift and a talent? Let me just explain it quickly. By looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians, better place, perhaps. Just so you know, I may have it up here at some point. There are four places spiritual gifts are found. They're found in Romans 12. They're found in 1 Corinthians 12. They're found in Ephesians 4. And they're found in 1 Peter 4. Those are the only four places. And I'm not going to look at them exhaustively this morning, but you can look them up. 1 Corinthians 12 is a key place. Verse 1 says, now concerning spiritual gifts. If you were looking at a Greek Bible, it would say pneumaticon. Spiritual matters. Spiritual things. I want to I enlighten you on these spiritual matters. Pneumos, the spirit. Modicon, the matters, the things. He says, I don't want you to be unaware. You look down in verse 4. There are a variety of gifts. Again, in your Greek Bible, the word gift there is charismata. We get the term charismatic. The word gift used as spiritual things. The spiritual things, the gifts, the charismata. I'm charismatic in that I'm going to talk to you about spiritual things. These things that God has given us. Notice where he goes with it. Uh, there, verse 4, variety. We all have different gifts. But the same spirit. There are a variety of ministries. The same Lord. There are a variety of effects. But the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one. There's no exception. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Just like in Ephesians 4. You have been particularly gifted, each one, for the church. For the common good of the body. God wants you to use your gift to build up His bride. How do you get these gifts? Verse 11 but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. God gifts us. We don't gift ourselves. We don't go to school to get these gifts. They are granted by grace. That's why they're called grace gifts. Uh, charismatic, charismata in the Greek, charis is the word for grace. Grace gifts. They are given to us. Now, the difference between gifts and talents, talents, well, first of all, talent in the Bible is used as a monetary value. I earned a talent. Um, in our culture, we use the term talent to refer to a particular characteristic of a person. So God doesn't even use the word talent the way we use the word talent. For us, you know, he's a talented guitar player. He's a talented drummer. He's a talented organist. Something that they've acquired and worked hard to do. You are an amazing talent in certain things. And talents come and go. You know, there was a time where I was in a talented 
basketball player. Some of you might find that hard to believe. I was the most valuable player one year. I had the most points one year. I was an awesome talent. But people kept growing beyond me. And I ceased to be a good talent all of a sudden. We can gain talents and lose talents. But not spiritual gifts. They are granted to us by the Holy Spirit. Given to us by God for a particular significant purpose of building up the church. Spiritual gifts are far superior and very much more significant than just our talents. They build up the body of Christ. It's not by human effort. It's common grace given to us. Uh, and that's important. Now, as we look at our spiritual gift, like I said, there's four places you go, you go to look. Okay, I'm a believer. I have a gift. What is my gift? We'll read through the list in Romans 12. I skipped the list in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, excuse me, between verse 7 and verse 10. You see a list. Read the list in 1 Corinthians 12. Read the list in Ephesians 4. And then read the list in 1 Peter 4. And then you, as you look and um, acquaint yourself with all the gifts that God has revealed that he gives to us, notice as you look at those gift list no two are alike which is puzzling to many folks God why did you give me a list in Corinthians that's different than in Romans and different than in Ephesians and different than in Peter because now I'm confused which, which group am I supposed to be in which gift am I supposed to have why is there not a lot of explanation as to what these gifts are he just says they're out there without explaining them. And that's what I think is one of the problems with spiritual gifts. We try to make it more complicated than it is. In other words, if we lived in Rome, and Rome was the only book, Romans was the only book that was delivered to us in our lifetime before we passed on, then Romans would have been sufficient to guide us on spiritual gifts. Likewise, if you'd have lived in Ephesus, the book of Ephesus would have been sufficient for you. If you received the book of Peter, Peter was written to scattered people all throughout Asia and Bithynia and Cappadocia. Of, of lots of people. First Peter would have been enough if you were in those regions receiving this New Testament revelation. So, if I don't need the whole composite, I've I've given you, did I, you got it there on your outline, the whole composite of gifts. If, 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 if God doesn't mean for us to have that full composite, then how do we know we've got the right gift? The more I look at it, the more I see gift categories. God says, it's not hard to figure out. And the best place to see the categories is look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter 4. I'll, then I'll turn around and show it to you in Romans. It's just it's interesting to me when you start seeing these connections. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a special gift. So I called it a particular gift. You have a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
two categories. Whoever speaks, do so as you were speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves, do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things, whether you're speaking or serving, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Something you see here again. We saw it in Romans 12. Don't think more highly of yourself than you are. You've been given a special gift. When you realize the awesomeness of that statement, oh, I am somebody. I have been divinely gifted. I have an eternal purpose and significance. It's real easy, if you really get it, to think high. And yet the text ends with God may be glorified through Christ. It reminds me of uh, Psalm 8 that Jonathan read to us earlier. It starts with this and it starts and ends with this wonderful statement, Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O man, who is man that God would be mindful of him? Why would God even pay attention to man? And yet God, man has been divinely gifted. And when you finally get the divine gift and your function, you give glory to God. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic are you? Because you've gifted me and you're building a beautiful bride through me. To you be the glory. When we get it right, we end up thanking and glorifying God. We've been given a gift. Go back to 1 Peter 4. You've either been given a speaking gift or a serving gift. And right now I can ask you which is yours and you have an answer. You're not really puzzled. You're saying, well, God primarily uses me when I uh, send notes. I speak to people. I encourage people. Okay, well, that's probably your primary gift. Or I see the body built up when I bring them a meal, when I wash somebody's clothes, when I fix somebody's car. Well, then you're probably gifted as, a, as serving the body of Christ. And you know your primary category fairly quickly. You don't have to study a lot of text to figure this out. It's not rocket science. God says, if, if I have gifted you to build up the church through speaking, then speak as though you were speaking the very words of God. Do it with the authority I've given you. If I have given you a gift to serve the body of Christ, then serve as though God gives you strength and do it well. He says, manage, do you see that verse? As good stewards, serve, speak and serve one another, verse 10, as good stewards. We are all required to manage the stuff God's given us. He's given us spiritual matter, spiritual things, spiritual gifts which we are required to steward. Interesting that those who translated 1 Peter here in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, as a good steward, the same word good is over in chapter 2, verse 12. says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. 
good among the Gentiles. That's the same word. Now, we like both of them. We like good. We like excellent. What we don't like is mediocre. Suppose I ask you, yeah, how's your marriage? Ah, mediocre. How your kids doing? Mediocre. How's work? Mediocre. We don't like any of that, do we? We want to hear, how's work? Good. How's your marriage? Excellent. Right? You get the point. God comes back and says, you know, I specifically, specially, particularly gifted you to use your speaking gift or your serving gift to build up the church. How's that going? Are you going to respond to God and say, ah, kind of mediocre? God said, I want good management. I want excellent management. Are you building up the church? My passion in life is to be a church builder. Because that's what I'm going to be accountable for. I have been given a measure of grace, a gift from God to build a church. When my Lord returns, He will hold all of us accountable. How have you been doing at managing what I have particularly given to you? I didn't give it to the rest of the world. I gave it to you. And I want to say, say Lord, this is what I did. And we all want to hear Him say, and well done. Good, faithful, excellent servant. See, if you spend your time trying to do someone else's thing, someone else's gift, you won't have a good accounting. I wanted to run down the path of service. I like service. And then God gave me a speaking gift, which makes me nervous, you know. I got to get in front of people and speak. If I go back to God when he comes, well, God, I didn't like that, that gift too much, so I did this one. God's going to say, it doesn't work that way. I gave everybody a gift. It fit, you fit together when you do your thing. If you do somebody else's things because you think it's more important and you want to think more highly of yourself, see, it's not going to work. Think as one who is particularly gifted to do the thing I have called you to do. And then when everybody does their thing, we fit together and the whole body is built up in love. And that's what God's going for. That's where our lives take on eternal significance. Now, in Peter, you thought I forgot where I was, right? First Peter, two categories, speaking and serving. Romans 7, it's interesting. There's actually three categories. The third category is sign gifts. You go back to Romans excuse me, 12, um, verse 6. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. And it's interesting. The first one he mentions is prophecy. That's a sign gift. Verse 7, the first one he mentions is service, service gifts. 
And then also at the end of verse 7, teaching, the speaking gifts. So Romans chapter 12 seems to have the three categories as the first thing, and then they're just kind of, you start expounding them. Signs, service, and speaking. And you know which one's yours. So you don't need a class. You don't need to go any further. You just ask, God, what have you called me to do? And you'll see that you're going to be fruitful. God's going to bless when you do it right. So, and you don't have to jump between. In other words, you don't have to jump between, check out 25 things. You're really just checking out two things. Does God bless me when I primarily speak? Or does God bless me when I primarily serve? It won't take you long to evaluate. And most of you have lived long enough that you're going to do this in your mind. And, and you're ready with that. We need to be good stewards and not mediocre stewards. Well, let me explain the sign gifts so we can kind of take that off the table and then we can discern our gifts clearly. Um, sign gifts. Look at Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. There are, were gifts in Jesus' day that were needed particularly for Jesus' day and for the days of the apostles. And there's several places in Scripture where God refers to it. Hebrews chapter 2 is one of those. Beginning verse 4, God also testifying with them both by signs, here's the sign gifts, by signs and by wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Um, go back. Why, why is God testifying? Uh, verse uh, 1 to 3. It says, For this reason we must pay close attention, closer attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. Think about uh, you're living during that day, and Paul comes and starts preaching to you. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty good preacher, you know, teacher. You just go on. And the author here says, no, no, you've got to pay closer attention to this. What do you mean? Just, just no, 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 you've got to pay closer attention to this. Verse 2, for, it, for if the word spoken through angels was unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation after it was at first spoken through the Lord? It is confirmed to us by those who heard, God also. That's the point. God jumped in the arena during the time of the apostles and says, pay more attention. I know you got the Old Testament. Start paying attention to these folks. They are writing the New Testament. And God confirmed the New Testament. God attested to the New Testament that what some, these folks were hearing was revelation from God by giving them powerful signs and wonders and miracles where everybody said, whoa, I need to pay more attention. Bingo. That's the point. God gave these gifts and these signs for that reason. Look at Mark chapter 16. As the apostles went, heard the Great Commission, went forth preaching and teaching. Notice what accompanies them. Mark 16, verse 20. And so you got the 12 disciples going out, and they went out and they preached everywhere while the Lord, see the Lord went to heaven, right? The Lord is working with them and confirmed the word by the signs 
that followed. So there's these sign gifts that's confirming that what you are hearing in their day was, in reality, the New Testament. Look at Acts chapter 2, one other place. Acts chapter 2. Verse 22 says, Men of Israel, listen to these words. So this is Peter's first sermon. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God. How does God do that? How does he prove that Jesus is Jesus? With miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst just as you yourselves know. Do you know what this was? I was constantly screaming at you, pay attention, through signs and wonders and miracles that you would know Jesus is Jesus. And Peter tells them that, and they're all, you're right, you're right. We get it. So you have these various sign gifts that come in a special time to prove the revelation of God. When the revelation ceased, the function of those gifts ceased because those gifts were there to attest to and confirm the revelation. When the revelation ceased, those gifts ceased. I don't think we even have to worry so much with them. They're important because they continue to attest to and confirm the word of God to us. But we don't need to do that anymore now that we have the complete, authoritative, inerrant, infallible word of God. Uh, when the gifts that God has given us, particularly today, are inspirational, not revelation. Inspiration, not revelation. We inspire, we encourage, we build up. We don't give out new revelation. God has done that. Okay, so what's your gift? What's your gift? If I don't have to study the sign gifts so much to determine if that's one of mine, I've got two categories, serving gifts or speaking gifts. It's also interesting in the body of Christ, God gave us two offices, elders to oversee the speaking gifts and deacons to oversee the serving gifts so that the whole body can function properly. And that's how God is building his church. Well, if you're struggling to find your gift, I've given you five things you can do to discern your gifts. Uh, we all have gifts. We all must be using those gifts to be accountable unto God. Um, we don't need a precise knowledge, just those two categories. And I think you can walk out of here and say, okay, I can do what God is asking me to do. Uh, how do you know your gift? Information. Know the gifts. Know what they are. I've given you the service gifts, the speaking gifts, and the sign gifts, so you can look at the gifts and be very aware that they exist. Then pray. Invocation. Pray that God will clearly reveal to you the gifts he has given you. I'm not going to give you a gift and then sit back and try to hide it from you. God's not either. God says, seek and you will find. Not the door will be open to you. God wants to answer your prayers, especially if you are praying to be used of God. God, use me. Oh, God says, yes. What do you want to know? I want to know. Do you, you want me to speak or serve? Of course, you know there's overlap. You cannot have word without deed. You cannot have deed without word to, to some extent. But I'm talking about what's my primary gift. God, show that to me, and God will answer that prayer. Look through them, pray, and then involve yourself. 
involve yourself. A heart for ministry. Say, God, I, I want to I do this in the church, okay? Involve yourself. God's given your heart for the church to build up the church. What can you do? As you start involving yourself, cultivate it. Your gift gets discovered. Gifts get discovered through using them. It's obvious. When you start speaking to people, people say, I wish you hadn't said that. Speaking is not, probably not your gift, you know? Well, can I come cut your grass? Oh, I'd love for you to. Well, service might be your gift. Just work through it. You get involved, and as you get involved, the body will start telling you where they are bearing fruit because of you. You build up the body of Christ. That's the purpose. Um, show concern and watch God bless that. Number four, just investigate. How do you feel about something? You know, some of you have been reading the book Gentle and Lowly. And Jesus says, come to me, learn from me. I am gentle and lowly. He says, my yoke, it, it's not hard. My burden is light. You're going to feel good about doing stuff for Christ. And when you do stuff for Christ that builds up his church and you know you're pleasing to him, it will bring positive feelings, not negative. You don't build up the body of Christ and feel bad. So just start investigating what you're doing, how the body of Christ is reacting to that, and you will be confirmed in the giftedness that God has given you. Uh, and then number five, illumination. Just look. Just listen to people. Listen to the church. See, you were not given a gift to build yourself up. Don't think more highly of yourself. You're given a gift to build others up. Just listen to them. They'll tell you whether you're speaking to them well, whether you're serving them well, and you'll see the body of Christ growing. It's not difficult to begin to see where you become more and more fruitful. We need to steward well. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Here's Paul teaching his apprentice. And Paul says to him, do not, you can just hear it strongly, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself and your teaching. Persevere in these things. For if you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. And what he's talking about there is, Timothy, don't neglect this. This is too important. This is why you are here. God says in James 3, 1, says not many of you should be teachers. So when you've got two categories, and most of you should not be in the speaking category, it doesn't leave you with much else to really explore. But Timothy, you are in the speaking category. You will be held even more accountable because you're in that category. Don't neglect it, though. God wants you to use your gift for the salvation of his church, the building up and deliverance of his people. That's why you were called. That's why you were chosen. You may not have that mentor, that dad, that mom, that friend that's speaking to you like Paul was to Timothy. But let me speak that way to you now. Do not neglect your gift. I am particularly gifted 
by God for the building up of his church. If you are a member of the body of Christ, you can say that phrase. And it's a truthful statement. It's not uh, motivational speech. It's truth. I have been divinely gifted by God for the building of his church. That lets you live with eternal purpose and significance. And to build the next generation with that purpose and that significance. The church has gifts. It's interesting. The Corinthian church. I'll give you a few other verses real quick. 1 Corinthians 1. Verse 7. The Corinthian church had so many problems. But notice this. So that you are not lacking in any gift. As he's speaking to the church at Corinth. He says. I look at the church. And we, we're not lacking anything. We've got every gift we need. And I think God does that in every local church. You're not, as a church, we're not lacking. We have every gift we need for the body to be wonderfully fit together and built up. We're not sitting around saying, if we only had this gift. We've got every gift we need. We are not lacking in any particular gift. You're not lacking. I've never met a believer who did not have a gift. And then God wonderfully brings us together at that we can all do our part and we grow up together in Christ. I hope you walk out of here today saying, wow, I didn't realize how eternally significant I was to the Lord Jesus Christ. That he would give me a gift that would minister to his bride that he is fashioning to be presented to the Father without spot and without blemish. And my job may be just to remove one spot. But that's eternally significant. We're in a culture, in a world that so depressed, so down, so lacking direction, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes here and there, not knowing how to stay the course, how to be faithful, how to finish well. But we can do that. We are gifted. We use the gifts of the Spirit for what we do. We use the fruit of the Spirit for how we do it. I hope you use your gift with love. Use your gift with patience. Use your gift with kindness. Use your gift with goodness. Use your gift with faithfulness. Use your gift with gentleness. Use your gift with self-control. And nothing will come against it. And God will build his church. That spiritual gifting with spiritual fruit for the glory of God through his people. Let's pray together. Father,
May we be confused no longer if spiritual gifted confusion was what we were about. Let us see how beautiful it is to be the body of Christ. Thank you for your gifting. Thank you for your truth. Let us all know with clarity how you have gifted us. Father, for those in this room that says nothing like that's ever been heard by my ears, that I could be possessed by God himself for an eternal purpose. Father, for those who are lost, for those who are wandering in darkness, for those who are groping about selfies and missing significance, draw them to yourself. Use us, O Lord, to shine the light of the glory of Christ upon them. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen.